Welcome back to your Daily Dose, it's me, Nick. Have you ever gone down a Wikipedia rabbit hole? Sometimes they lead to this time vortex. You look up one thing, then somehow, suddenly, you're going through all of the Orlando Magic draft picks of the last 25 years, and it's past your bedtime. Sometimes, though, you read something that simply inspires you. Do what I did and look up UCF professor and amazing human, Dr. Richard Lapchick. I get that Wikipedia isn't necessarily the best place to go to learn or to get facts, right? Like you, you should know, always back I, it up. Uh, you should back it up for sure. But I think if you were to go out there and, and check most of the data out there, I think most, meaning like 51%, you know, or more, uh, is true, is real. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I and, and it could be that like all of the editors that I've ever read on Wikipedia have done a really good job, or I'm just delighted by the details about some of the people's lives that I look up. Yeah. But I noticed you had put uh, Dr. Richard Lapkus as one of the things you wanted to talk about. I don't know the context, yeah, yeah. but I was like, that name sounds familiar. And I looked it up and I remembered that. Oh. So he's over at UCF. Yeah, and he's, he's going to be charge. leaving soon, actually. Oh, is he really? He just announced his retirement. So the sports uh, management program over there. And I knew he had something to do with uh, racial equity in sports. Oh, yeah. And, and then and, I looked up his Wikipedia page. I was like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just curious because, like, when does UCF come into it? Was he always at schools? Was it like an academic background? Oh, my word. Oh, he was in South Africa. He that was... dude. And he was attacked. You know, oh. on several occasions. They carved the N-word into his stomach. I mean, just as a, like a lover of, of black people. Because of what he did to what he was doing protesting wise, what he was doing um, and just his day to day activities. Brilliant, brilliant man. And I first encountered Dr. Lapchik uh, at the Holocaust Memorial Resource. Did I say Lapkiss? I, I meant Lapchik. You made Lapchik, yeah. He, um, he was the honoree of the Dinner of Tribute from the Holocaust Memorial Resource and Education Center's Dinner of Tribute. And um, I listened to his talk there. And it was so inspiring. It was so, and he delivered it so beautifully. He's just this humble, kind, smart, really courageous human being. And I, I really appreciated him. Then um, we brought him in to talk to the Catalysts, my group of friends, the uh, community leaders, and he shared some of his stories in a more personal setting because there was only 12 of us there, but he agreed to come and talk to us. And uh, he's just such an inspired individual. And uh, two weeks ago, about a week and a half ago, I did a talk for Meals on Wheels volunteers. Most amazing group of people. They came up to me after my talk and made me cry with how much they got out of what I said. And while I'm picking up materials, uh, an old man reaches out and puts his hand on my hand and says, I really enjoyed what you did. I was very inspired by it. And I looked up, and it was Dr. Lapchick. He's a wow. Meals on Wheels volunteer, in addition to all the amazing things he does. And to have this person who so inspired me on two different occasions in ways yeah. I can't even describe say to me that I inspired him, it was like, wow. It was a gift. It was another thing that made me cry on the way home because it was just such a moving experience and part of it is this cause attracts genuine people and he is one of those 
he's very he cares and he's doing his best to make a difference and faced some scary consequences but also found his way to the top of the NBA uh, power structure to try to help them deal with racial inequality and help them yeah. deal with the prejudices that surround the sport and uh, what a fascinating angle to take on the whole thing. So that was my circle with Dr. Labchick. I was really surprised to see him there in my audience. Didn't even notice that he was there while I was talking to the group, but was really glad that he reached out, uh, literally. Uh, oh, so, for sure. So that I knew that he was there and that That's he appreciated amazing. it. Yeah, it was the first time I've spoken in front of a group in a, probably in 25 years without any uh, speaker support. I had no slides. I had no pictures. I just talked to them. Uh, what was that like? It's great. It was kind of, I'm going to do more of that. Yeah. I'm going to do more of that because although I really enjoy having the visuals because I'm a visual guy, I felt very unburdened to just talk to them. And I wasn't just talking to them. I was having them go through some exercises while I was talking to them because it has to be interactive for me to, for it to be worth anything. You can't just talk at your face. That's, that's boring. That's what other people do. I don't want to be other people. Um, well, I find that, so just as a quick aside, I find that when you don't have that kind of interaction when you have it's just somebody talking the inspiration is much more momentary yeah than if you do something that connects you to the people around you or that connects you a little bit more to the message i, I agree with that completely yeah. and we all learn in different ways but to engage someone and actually to me it's it sounds stupid to say but it's an act of generosity because i've got all the airtime when i'm the speaker they, they walk up to me and they hand me this bucket of time and they say, this is all yours. And what I like to do is say, well, this is mine right here, this little chunk of it, but the rest of this, this is ours. This is stuff we're going to be doing together. This part, I'm going to show you how to do what I want you to do and, and I'm going to talk to you about what just happened, but most of it is you doing it and experiencing it and you would be able to tell the story yourself of what you learned and what you did. Yeah. You know, I'm getting ready to go over to UCF uh, and teach an improv class. This week, which is going to be really kind of cool because I'll have probably 30 uh, students at UCF who are also fans of improv and improv performers on campus. And my buddy Ron Weaver, who's a, a fellow ensemble member at SAC, reached out and he's the faculty advisor for them. He said, hey, I, I heard you're coming in to work with this group. They're awesome. I'm their faculty advisor. It's like, oh, that's perfect. So also ups the pressure because we're on such a fantastic improviser uh, to try to do something different than he might do with them. So... I'm up for it, though. We'll, we'll figure it out. But What's I like, the group called? It's the, uh, I think it's the UCF Improv Academy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I did, I did um, a gig for Florida Southern's Improv Troupe. I did one for uh, University of South Florida's Improv Troupe. And I did one for Princeton's uh, Improv Troupe. Their, the name of their troupe was Lux something. It was, it was all in Latin. Of course it would be because it's Princeton, right? But they gave me a beautiful Princeton shirt with my name printed uh, on the sleeve of it. Oh. It was like this really sweet something, and they gave me a little magnet that said, someone at Princeton loves me. I think it's Lux Picante. <laughs> spicy Light. The spicy Light. Oh, I like that, actually. I actually That'd be do, something too. Cool. Right, let's get that tattooed. Let's yeah. get matching tattoos. Hey, gang. It's Bob. I'm still stinging from my fresh Lux Picante tattoo. It's a light bulb shaped like a chili pepper. On Nick's recommendation, I put it on my neck, right across my throat. It bled a lot more than I expected, but it looks really cool. Nick promises to get his soon. I'm pretty sure I'll follow through on it. And when he does, we'll need to get him to shave that gorgeous beard so we can see his new ink. Totally worth it, I think. Thanks for listening, dear friends. We'll catch you next time.